You're such such a champion, such, such a trooper. A trooper. Yeah. Welcome everybody to Nerd Critic, a real contender production. My name is CJ. And my name is Jordan. CJ here is our resident nerd. Indeed. And Jordan is our studied and credentialed critic. Yes. CJ, what are you wearing today? I'm wearing a flash shirt. Uh, and a Superman belt. That's pretty much it. That's great. Yeah, I'm not feeling too hot today. So CJ is a real soldier for being here. You're welcome, listeners. Yes, yes. Uh, the show must go on. But Feel if you, honored. If I'm if I'm talking slowly or just like space off for a second, it's because I'm so doped up right now that I don't know who I am. So. Oh, that's adorable. Jor- <laughs> Jordan has some uh, some little uh, Darth Vader socks on. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Right. That's right. I uh, received these as a birthday gift for my wife this morning. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah, it is your birthday today. <laughs> it's my birthday. Uh, happy birthday. a great birthday. day for me, not a great day for CJ, Yeah. <laughs> which is yes. exactly the way I like it. <laughs> uh, well, happy yes. birthday. Thank you, thank you. I hope it's a great one. Me too. We are recording a little earlier in the day, so you have a night to party. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Um, so today, what, what are we talking about? We're talking about two movies. We're talking about Happy Death Day to You. And Alita, Battle Angel. Dun, dun, dun. Um, which is the best title for any movie this year. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I, think, I think we're ready to kind of dive right in, right? Let's do it. So two things. First of all, um, since this is a two-movie episode, uh, the format is just a little bit different. And we, um, we're going to try to cover Happy Death Day to You quickly. Because, CJ, did you see Happy Death Day to You? I did not. Yes. Nor did I see the first one. Yeah, um, it would have been tougher for you to catch up that way. Definitely, and to be honest, I mean, I try to be open-minded and everything. It's not my favorite genre. I mean, I, as we talked about in the Halloween episode. Yeah, that's true. I just it just doesn't it you doesn't don't like hit horror home. movies. I really don't. Well, the first thing I will say about Happy Death Day to you, and we'll go through this part real quickly because I have seen it and you haven't. Yeah. So I have some thoughts and I'll share them with you, CJ. Sounds and you good. You can ask me questions and our listeners cannot ask me questions <laughs> right now. Not right now. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's not much of a horror franchise as it turns out. There there just isn't a lot of horror stuff going on. In the first movie, a little more. In the second movie, not so much. Um, it definitely leaned a lot harder into the sort of meta kind of self-aware comedy mm. I was going to ask area. if it was more quirky than the first one. Yes, definitely. Definitely more definitely wanted to be more of a broad comedy, which mm. I appreciated. I thought was fine. It was funny that there were a couple of there were a couple of uh horror styled scenes, you know, of them kind of there there's a couple of scenes where where a character's being stalked by a killer. Uh, but it was just it felt sort of like an afterthought. Like mm. it really that that was not what the movie was trying to be. Um so, first of all, just to follow the basic structure here of nerding out first, I have to say that I loved Jessica Roth's performance. I feel like if anybody, I want to say it's Roth. It might be Roth. I don't know. It's R-O-T-H-E. So, who knows? Uh, I mean, I would say Roth. Yeah, I think the it's E Roth. at the end. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, Jessica Roth is uh, far and away the best and strongest feature of this movie. Um, she was the main reason to see the first movie and she's the even mainer reason to see the second movie uh she's just actually really really good quite a bit of range um quite a bit of dynamic uh performance stuff out of her this movie actually gave her a lot more to do um uh than the first movie did which is really cool um 
I really liked, so uh, in the first movie, I think there were a couple of, I can't remember it super well, but I think there were a couple of suicide moments where she kind of decided to end things, to reset things so that she could, you know, try to get closer to solving the mystery. So for those of you who don't know, um, I'm going to spoil this movie, uh, and which is fine. If this is your kind of movie, go see it anyway and you'll have a good time. If it's not, don't bother. You know, it's not like an amazing movie. Pretty, pretty <laughs> middle of the ground. Alert. Yeah, it's very, it is a little middling. I think Jessica Ross' performance is great. She's she's certainly an actress to watch. Um, but, uh, yeah, like there, so there's some really fun stuff in this. Like I was going to mention, the suicide montage in this uh, movie is really fun. It's definitely reminiscent of Groundhog Day, like the whole premise, right? Reliving the same day over and over. Um and so there's this great sequence where she has to commit suicide uh, to before a certain time to be able to reset the clock fast enough so that she can get back and keep working on solving the problem. Um, and so it, it's it's you know it's it's kind of fun. It's it's a neat trick or whatever. Um, probably the best scene in the movie was for in terms of <laughs> just like funny and her kind of going full tilt was uh, the scene right after she she wakes up in the same place. After so, the first movie is her get, breaking the cycle, right, and then being able to move on with her life. And in this movie, she at one point, um, because of some dumb plot device, wakes up in the same place again. Um, and when she wakes up at that moment, she's just like <laughs> her sort of like <laughs> her sort of rampage after that <laughs> is pretty great. Like her war path, <laughs> she's just like wants to kill everybody <laughs> because she like was supposed to be finished, you know? Um, and it was, uh, it was, a, it was you know, she really, she really sells those moments. Um, I really like the, mo there's a moment where she, dri she drives her car into a power plant to stop the quantum reactor thing from doing the quantum reactor thing, which I'll talk more about in a minute. Um, but it's a good display of character commitment, like a character being willing to just like literally do the most extreme thing to get the thing that they want, mm -hmm. um, which is always, it's, Often you, you you see that less often in not good movies. And one of the things that makes a movie not great is when the characters fail to really commit and invest in the decision that they're making. Mm. And um, not only is she a good actress who delivers a great invested performance, but then she's also given some opportunities, you know, to really just push hard into the thing that she wants, which is which is pretty great. And that's a it's a fun explosive moment of her just, just you know driving into an electric box. Anyway. Um, there was, uh, I loved all the stuff with her mom, actually, quite a bit. Unexpectedly, um, there was a moment, um, in the first movie, one of the big emotional cores is that her mother, uh, died, like, uh, a couple of years before or something, um, and they shared a birthday, and so her birthday was a day that she, you know, had a real hard time with, because it was, it used to be this really special day for her and her family, because her mom and her, you know, were really, really close, and she loved her mom so much, and so... And so to have to relive her birthday over and over again was like, you know, that was one of the emotional tensions of the first movie. And so in this movie, um, uh, it deals with different timelines. And so she winds up in a timeline where her mom didn't die. And so she's sort of, uh, there's a scene where her mom shows up and just totally shocks her by showing up. And she's like, oh my gosh. And she realizes I'm in a timeline where my mom isn't dead. Mm. And her mom doesn't know anything thing ever happened or whatever so this is this great moment her mom's like you're being a little weird but okay i love you and she's like just losing it you know like yeah. oh my gosh this is my mom like she missed her so much and it was just this really it was really quite beautiful once again um jessica roth being given this great opportunity to to deliver a really really good good performance um off of material that was fairly thinly constructed 
Um, and so it was that that those scenes actually they took me by surprise of being like very emotionally impactful, even though there was very little in this movie that was effectively set up. Um, so okay, I feel like that's not much of a nerd out, but I have to say <laughs> my biggest criticism of this movie by far is that um, I just want to ask the question: When are we be going to be done with quantum whatever? <laughs> Like potentially it's, uh, never, it's, but yeah, I, I think I think maybe never. Um, <laughs> Quantum it just, whatever. It has just been. Uh, it's long since become a very tiresome catch-all for fake science, mm-hmm. um, and I am I am so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. It's just like as soon as that start, that, that started up, I was like, oh, okay, here we are. So they want to they want to essentially just create this big fake science umbrella to cover like everything that happened in the first movie and this movie. It's just like this is this is this is capital D dumb guys. <laughs> this is really bad. Um, my my second biggest criticism and, and probably actually more more important, um, even though uh, and I think by the end of the movie it bothered me quite a bit more um, was that none. So so her name her character's name is Tree, uh, which is a great name. And Carter is the love interest. He's the dude that she wakes up. He, she wakes up in this guy's dorm like every morning on her birthday, and um, and he's just your classic, typical college comedy nice guy, right? Like just just milk toast, nice nerd dude, whatever. And uh, anyway, none of their stuff worked. None of it. Mm-hmm. None of it at all. Um, he seems nice, but he had literally nothing to do until the very end, and there was like very little real foundation for their. Uh, relationship to exist on in the first place. So almost every beat that was supposed to be motivated by Tree's affection for this guy didn't work. Mm. And we get some like real doozy false choices as a result of that where she's like, well, I have to choose between my relationship with Carter and my mother. How can I make this choice? And it's like, first of all, I don't believe you're in your relationship with this boy. I don't believe it. Second of all, there's nothing saying that you two can't get back together in this quote-unquote timeline because clearly he has a thing for you wherever you are. So, like, there's no actual decision. And so a lot of that stuff, just none of it works. Mm. None of it works. It's, like, sort of hilariously miswritten. Um, And, yeah, not earned at all. Um, And I think... uh, uh, yeah, I feel like, once again, I I, 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 so this is not much of a horror movie, and the first one was successful insofar as it was funny, but also still kind of a horror movie, so it was like, it had those kind of nice, shallow, scary moments, and it was trying to do that genre thing, which is sure. which was kind of fun. Um, the sequel was very much more of a comedy than a horror, but it sort of swiped at campy horror a couple of times, and mostly was just panting along after a plot that had spun out of control. Hmm. So, like, it was just not. It it just didn't. It was it was so. It was just so messy and stupid <laughs> all the way through. And uh, yeah, and and I think and probably my biggest frustration with the whole franchise and the reason that I wanted to talk about this this I and I'll conclude with this because you I realize CJ I apologize you don't have much to say so uh, everybody's just listening to me rant on and on and spit everywhere which thankfully you're not uh, our audience isn't here in the room with us no um, <laughs> uh, I have a tendency to spray when I get enthusiastic I figured that's why you're growing the beard out yeah I'm trying to catch Blo- block it trying all. to catch my passion yeah. um, <laughs> so. Uh, I, this this franchise has a lot of potential, and as in the first movie, there was a real opportunity in the sequel for some interesting explorations. Um, you know, as with any high concept movie, I, I would say, 
Um, but the writers weren't nearly clever or insightful or maybe committed enough to recognize and take advantage of those opportunities. So in the first movie, I wanted it to go much darker and more existentially disturbing. Um, a blood-splattered horror comedy Groundhog Day, which is how the movie was sold. Instead, it turned into a somewhat tedious sort of Scooby-Doo whodunit. Um, <laughs> uh, and it just relied really heavily on an incredibly generic and wildly convoluted escape so so it's like so, psychopath plot device thing um which you were just like oh my gosh this is so incredibly boring like by the end i was like this is the whole thing this is this is the big reveal like mm-hmm. it was just so such a letdown in the first movie um even though it was still fun it was like it was not nearly as clever as you wanted it to be and it could have been it was there, there was all this opportunity and in the second movie we get a whiff of this potential the potential perils of trying to lead a false life um because she's like winds up in this alternate timeline, but instead uh, we were meant to invest completely in Trudy and Carter's paper thin relationship, and it just doesn't work at all. So um, it's just a it's it, both movies are end up being quite disappointing. The franchise as a whole. I was I went to the second movie kind of hoping and wondering how it would get shaped because the first movie was fairly self-contained, like Groundhog Day. Like, how do you do a sequel to Groundhog Day? And it turns out, with the worst possible plot device they could imagine. Uh. (laughs) Like, the laziest plot devices they could imagine. And so, um, I still had a good time, because there were some genuinely funny moments, and it was, you know... I was I was in a good mood and I was feeling generous. Sure. <laughs> but like it's not a good movie. That's not that, that's not the reaction I expect from Happy Death Day to you. I had a good time because there was some genuinely funny moments. Yeah, it's it well, it's kind of off-brand. Yeah, well, you know, the the really sad thing about this is that it seems like, you know, so movies that start off being kind of half broken but doing some interesting things and then wind up with a sequel that can go one of two directions the sequel can I, the sequel can either recognize what was really valuable about that first movie yeah. and then just like ramp that up and like really capitalize on those strengths and like make more of that and do do it better and bigger um, and hopefully become way more successful like i would actually make the argument that john wick 2 is a great example of this john mm-hmm. wick real cool movie lots of cool stuff Kind of broken. That's okay. John Wick 2, amazing. Yeah. Because it took all the stuff that was so good about the first one, did it way better and more, and suddenly you have John Wick 2. And I, I'm ecstatic about John Wick 3. I think it's going to be great. Um, Happy Death Day, I feel like, had that same kind of thing. where like, oh, there's some really good stuff that's working here. Hmm. If they t- took the sequel and, like, you know, fashioned something really great and clever, instead, I think what it ends up being is, I think it's, it's more of a money grab, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, it was more financially successful than we expected. And Blumhouse has always been about, you know, economically churning out, like, genre hits so that they can, like, you know, which yeah. is great and respectable. I think Blumhouse is awesome. But Happy Death Day to You uh, went the other direction, which is, like, more derivative, less interesting, and then, you know, we're kind of, like, left with Will they make a third? You know, I don't know. I'd have to... I'd have, I haven't actually paid very close attention to box office numbers. Um... I mean, it's uh, it's, it's possible. It, it it's it, they didn't spend a lot of money on it, and so no, it's made its money movies. back. Yeah. yeah, these are these are For inexpensive sure. movies. They they look low budget, not in a bad way, but in a kind of like a, you know, it's like a like a like a Seth Rogen kind of way. <laughs> um, and and it's yeah. So I think it, they could they could make a sequel. Yeah. They shouldn't probably. They yeah. shouldn't make another one um, unless they hire like a totally different creative team um, because it just. Yeah, there just wasn't really, there's not really much there for it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So there you go. 
There you go. That concludes. Happy Death Day to you. My solitary review of Happy Death Day to you. Um, You're talking about it on your birthday. I am talking about it on my birthday. I I will say I have not been able to get her ringtone out of my head, <laughs> where it goes like I'm not even going to try to make yeah. it. <laughs> but it's it's very annoying and very repetitive and pretty funny. And I've it's been in my head for well, like pretty much since I watched the movie. So uh, let's talk about the more. I won't say important movie, but I think there's more to talk about, and certainly there's more people in this room to talk about it. <laughs> uh, yes, because I did see Alita Battle Angel. Alita, and then I want to feel the colon. Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I did see this one, so I definitely have some things to talk about. So uh, I do want to ask you the question, though, why are we talking about this one? That's a great question, actually. Yeah, it it, it it was it was an interesting choice. It makes sense. It like fits, but I'm not entirely sure why. Okay, it's based off a comic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it is based off an inc- apparently incredibly popular manga series, which I didn't know anything about until I, <laughs> you know, started yeah. preparing to review the movie. Um, so, uh, I would say primarily we're talking about it because of James Cameron. Okay. Um, and it's it's a movie. So okay, what, I think one of the nerd critic things is we want to generally speaking we want to be talking about really huge blockbuster movies. Yeah, this is a huge blockbuster movie. This yes. is a movie that um, I mean I don't think it's necessarily going to make the kind of splash that like uh, like uh, other maybe huge blockbuster sure. standalone movies would. But like James Cameron is one of the few remaining people in this world who can get a project like this off the ground mm-hmm. um, that has very little sort of, it's there, there isn't an established foundational IP, it, like especially domestically, that like guarantees a kind of a return on investment for this kind of, for this sort of spend on, yeah. you know, this, I mean, this is an incredibly expensive movie. A, a huge, elaborate, crazy, ridiculous, expensive movie. That's James Cameron's and specialty. And that is James Cameron's specialty. And he did not direct this movie, but he did write it. Yeah. And he was the engine behind it getting made. Um, and so we're talking about it because uh, because we do talk about big, huge blockbuster movies. Um, I, I think I feel, and I'm sure you feel the same, CJ, very committed to talking about big blockbuster movies. Absolutely. Because I feel like they need to get more critical attention. Yes. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, so we're talking about it for that reason, and then also just as a brand, James Cameron is worth yeah. c- discussing. Yeah, it's interesting because it's, you know, James Cameron holds the title for the top two highest grossing movies of all time. Which are? Which are Avatar and Titanic. Mm-hmm. So those are spot number one and spot number two, and James Cameron directed both of them. Yeah, and so, wrote. And, and wrote. So when you're yeah. talking about a, a, uh, a profitable <laughs> person in filmmaking... He's one of them. Although they were both very expensive to make, and that's kind of his. Like when when Terminator came out, that was the most expensive of the time. And then Terminator Ti- Two. Terminator Two. Sorry. Yeah, Terminator and, itself was not very expensive. But and then uh, and then the Titanic, Abyss, and then yeah, I mean the dude always aliens, yeah, yeah he spends so much money. Big 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 movies. Uh, but he's, he t- he tends to make it back. Uh, this one's doing okay. Um, I'm not sure it, if you add the marketing budget. I'm not sure it's going to make its money back. Um, but can we nerd out? Are we on to the nerd out part? Let's nerd out. Let's nerd out. So, first of all, can we talk about how awesome Christoph Waltz is? Just, <laughs> just in general. Like, I want him as, like, 
I don't want to say my dad, but like a nice uncle. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I just really, I really like him as He's an never actor. not a pleasure to see on screen. Yes. Uh, and then same with Mahershala Ali. Oh, even, yes. even though I didn't love the role for him, um, I just love him as an actor. Uh, and then visually, this movie was bonkers. Yes. Agreed. I did not, I did not, like it was, it was, um, you know what Uncanny Valley is? I'm yes. sure you do. Uh, so people, audience, if you don't know what Uncanny Valley is, um, it's a, uh, a term, I guess, that references if something is close, how, how would you say it? If something is close, close to but real, not close but not enough yeah. to being photorealistic, yes. basically, in terms then, of human face and human... Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is, it's kind of the reason that, like, artificial intelligence, if it's supposed to look and be human, kind of freaks us out a little bit. Uh, it's that it's that the closer it is to real without being real, the kind of more eerie it feels. And this movie was just slathered with uncanny valley. <laughs> I mean, it was. But I think that that was part of the charm. I think that's kind of what they were going for. It's like, hey, let's get this robot and then stick a face on it, so that we don't know how to feel about it when it gets its head. <laughs> Smashed in. I, I made a note. One of the first notes that I made after seeing this movie was that the main character is basically a complete CGI fabrication that invites us into an as yet unfilled uncanny valley. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's uh, that's a great description. Uh, and if you look at Rosa Salazar, who plays Alita. She's basically a no name. Uh, she's definitely a no name. But like, if you look at her physically. She doesn't look like that. It, 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 like, shrink the eyes, but there's definitely. There's some resemblance, but it's not like. It's not. It's not. She is. Like no Alita is a CGI character yeah. just through and through. Yeah. She is an animated character. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is not. Uh, this, is, this is more of a. <laughs> this is more of like a. Who framed Roger Rabbit situation than it is like <laughs> where yeah, an animated sure. character is in a live, a quote unquote, live action movie. Yeah. She is not a live action actor. Yeah. I mean, they talk about motion capture and all that. But honestly, this is just, this, to me, it felt almost like a step back from, from Avatar, where Avatar, you mm -hmm. have like this sort of, it feels a little more contiguous. There's, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, wow, well, you know, like they think maybe it's makeup and it was all CGI or whatever. Maybe, maybe they didn't put, as much money into I don't know what happened, but like well, James she, Cameron wasn't directing. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it was just like a little less obsessively attention to detail. But like, also, it's ten years later. That's so like, true. I, I'm I'm wondering like maybe but we need to quit this. Also, what I'm sorry, my biggest gripe, and we'll I have some things to nerd out about. <laughs> um, but my biggest gripe here is that like why. Uh, in, in terms of things that are keeping me from nerding out about this particular thing, is like, why make her eyes big? Like, why do the bigger eyes thing? Well, because that's manga. I know that, it's that's manga. Like a, that's like a right, very specific like, characteristic of manga. Yeah, but like, we, it's a, this is an adaptation. This is not manga. Sure. If they were going to do, if they wanted to do manga, it should have been all animated and everybody's eyes should have been bigger. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not, this is not, it was not necessary. And if they wanted, they could have just had a regular actor Doing those parts. Cast someone with big eyes. Cast somebody with <laughs> short. But, like, cast a real actress, you know, and then you can do lots of CGI treatment to, like, during action sequences and whatever to make all that stuff work or whatever. But, like, they're just, I just, it seemed unnecessary to me. Like, oh, you needed to have her have, you needed to have her look a certain way. And so she had to be totally CGI. I'm like, I would have enjoyed this movie a lot more if there had been a real there actress wasn't. there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was definitely distracting. Uh, I do know where they're coming from, though, making the eyes big. There is a specific, 
like they they somewhat need to pander to the audience that has read it, right? Sure. And so they're trying to please those people. So I get it. Uh, I didn't I didn't mind her her look her style really at all. I I, I enjoyed the visuals of the movie. Uh, they were distracting at times, but they were, in my opinion, probably the biggest strength uh, because for me. It sure wasn't story. <laughs> so, well, okay. I want to talk about in general. Production design was really, really cool. It was really cool. Was I a, wanted to explore the world. Yeah, for sure. There's a. I mean, it's. I won't. I will say it wasn't fresh. I didn't feel like. No. Oh, I've never seen this stuff before. But it was like it was well executed. Cool. Like yeah. I enjoyed. It felt. It was immersive. I really enjoyed a lot of the character designs and. And I will say this: this is the this is probably my biggest nerd out thing is um, oh one one tiny little side note. I'm always gonna dig a giant cable that that leads up to a floating city. Like I'm always gonna <laughs> dig like that kind of a you know. I mean that to me feels like the most sort of visually fresh thing is this you know this yeah. whatever. Well, like, the fact and, that they addressed that you could use it to get up. Yeah, there, I yeah, think was like, what was fresh. Pretty pretty neat. So yeah. I, I I I appreciated that stuff. I like that stuff. I like this. Spoilers, 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 spoilers yeah. from here on out. I mean, who cares? But it needs to be said. Spoilers. I like the giant spinning blades that came down. Yeah. Like, it was, it was neat. Yeah. Yeah. It was I, neat. Yeah. I mean, I was um, – that was probably the, the longest positive conversation my wife and I had about it was how we wanted to explore the world. Yeah. I was like, I honestly didn't really care about hardly anyone, <laughs> but I did want to see, you know, what yeah. that city was like and what they were – yeah. I yeah. wanted to explore. And, and uh, I wanted to play that game. Oh yeah, no, was a, that was awesome. Well, I mean, I don't want to play it, but I could like watch it. Well, I want to. <laughs> I want to play it like on the street. I don't want to play like the big one. Oh um, sure. But I would be all over that. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of uh, the action sequences, like definitely. So this is and has always been one of James Cameron's strengths. Even though he didn't uh, direct this movie. Like these were James Cameron esque action sequences, definitely, and he he produced it, so I'm sure he had a hand. Yeah, yeah. like he had to, and well, also you know Robert Rod- Rodriguez, who did direct it, um, is not known for being bad at action either. Yeah. So these are two directors slash writers who understand the choreography, the, uh, understand good choreography of action, and so I I appreciate that, like that was always the most fun. Like, the fight sequences, the chase sequences, the et cetera, et cetera. Like, that stuff was always going to be the most fun because it was very, very well thought out. Like, this was a vehicle. This movie was a vehicle for those kinds of things. Like, this yeah. movie basically exists for its action sequences. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at... If you look at... Um, if you look at Ro- uh, Robert Rodriguez's directing um, filmography, it's all just... It's it's like Sin City, uh, Machete Kills, uh, Machete One and Machete Two. Like it is, it is. It's the that's what he does. That's yeah. yeah. It's it, there's like no story, and it's all about action. Yeah, he's that kind of director. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, I'm just gonna call out a couple of my favorite moments there. Um. I mean, I'm just gonna call out actually just one favorite moment. <laughs> um. Uh, it was, you know, even 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 saying that like the action sequences are really cool, like they very rarely were unpredictably cool. They were usually like kind of paint by numbers, like effective. They were manga cool. Manga cool. Yes. One one moment in particular was very cool, 
Can you guess what I'm thinking of? Um, I would assume when she when she one hand one one hand. Oh, off like the one ground. like specific moment. Specific moment. <laughs> um, so during the during the game, is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Oh, when she gets chopped in half. Yes, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this great moment where she's fighting this big <laughs> dude with blades for hands, and and she uh, gets essentially uh, quartered. Yeah. <laughs> and so all that's left of her is like half of her torso and an arm with her head. Yeah. And like and she's balancing on the ground on her one hand and she does this absurd move <laughs> which here's the thing I believed it. I was like sure. I'm like all right. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean it was like it was pretty cool, you know? Like she so she she bounces off the ground in like one swift motion like rotates and like I don't know what do you call that move, but like her sticks hand sticks her fist. Yeah, her like her like outstretched hand becomes like he, she basically spears the guy's head with her hand in his eye socket, and then like is hanging there, and like and then of course she has to come get rescued by somebody else because even in that situation she's um, fairly vulnerable. Yeah, <laughs> her one remaining appendage is now yes. locked inside this man's head. Yes. Anyway, pretty. Pretty cool. <laughs> cool enough for me to be like, oh, wow. that's pretty great. <laughs> like, so that uh, was, that I was, um, I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit at that. Point. Okay, yeah. Okay. What was what was your your favorite then? Um, just the whole the one you were guessing that I yeah that I, the whole the whole game mm-hmm. uh, murder where, ball was it called? Was it murder ball? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It feels like it could be or we'll should call, be called. We'll call it murder wall. Um, yeah, just that whole sequence of like her, yeah, everyone's trying to kill her. Um, yeah. I just, I really enjoyed it. I basically, because I saw that in the trailer, I basically waited through an hour and a half just to, I was like waiting for that part. Yeah. I was like, I want to see, I want to see that. Yeah. Uh, and the fight in the bar when she's trying to inspire everybody. That was that was good. Um, she had one of the worst introductions of any, like, scene of conflict ever. Yes. Her, like, 1,000% unearned speech. Um, uh, it was, yeah. yeah, that was pretty bad. But um, I loved, like, so I am, I am definitely, like, since I'm a nerd at heart, I love just, like, robots and swords and the fact that this <laughs> sure. guy has a sword that she then yeah then steals and then it like lights up for some reason <laughs> i don't know but i am into it <laughs> and she just becomes this absolute hardcore robot i mean i was i was i knew what they were trying to do and it yeah. did work on me no question yeah. yeah yeah she and then at the end she like locks it into her forearm and yeah. i'm like man that's if I were to like draw some cool yeah. character, yeah. that's what it would be. I mean, do. that's so. that's she is that it is the product of that. Yes, it is. This yeah, is not true. Th- to be clear, this is not storytelling. <laughs> Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. This is not this, what storytelling is. No. The no. character design is not storytelling. World building, it bears repeating, is not storytelling. Yeah. Uh, and so, okay, I don't want to actually, so I don't want to spend too much time ripping this movie apart. It would be frankly too easy, too indulgent to go through and list off all the things that I thought were ridiculous about this movie. I, um, I will say 
that I enjoyed myself thoroughly because I expected all of it. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting there kind of just like... Dude, same. I was just like... I had a big smile on my face for a lot of it because there was just some wonderfully stupid moments where I was just like, yep, that's exactly what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> like just really dumb, dumb, dumb stuff. Um, like uh, thinking like one of the one of the first moments when she like rescues the dog... You know, in front of the, you know, it's, yeah. the dog's like running across. I'm like, oh, we need to care about this character. So, of course, she's going to rescue a dog. <laughs> and then that whole interaction between her and what's his face? The main Hugo. character, Hugo. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just, man, just so, just so corny. Like, so badly yes. written. And um, the fact that, like, I, I want to talk a little bit about how poorly drawn Alita as a character was mm. she she basically was non-existent she was a paper cutout character uh, she may as well have been uh the thing that some teenage boy drew in his notebook who has a real talent for character design and then like cut her out and then put her in the movie there were <laughs> there was no dimension at all to her like emotionally psychologically physically she was 100 like a, uh, a a two-dimensional fabrication of character design and and so um, the fact that she didn't seem to care very much about where she came from, other than that, like, she was real interested in being super powerful, but to what end? Who knows? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it wasn't until the very end that she figured out that she was supposed to kill this guy, Nova. Yeah. But, like, we don't know why. Yeah. We have no idea what the conflict was about. And she doesn't either. Yeah. She has no clue. She's just, like, programmed. She's like, yeah, I yeah. guess I need to kill him because that's what I need to do. Yeah. It's a very sort of, uh, Tautological yeah. argument. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, her her lack of knowing or caring much about where she came from or what she was for or whatever, like there was no real angst there. And I feel like here's a character that seems to maybe deserve a lot of angst. Like, yeah. you know, she was found in a dump with missing all of her limbs. Yeah. Like maybe she has some feelings about that. But no, she's just mm-hmm. literally she's just... She's woken up to be the sort of, like, innocent flower female, you know? Yeah. Like, the quote-unquote virgin character, right? Yeah. Um, there's a great argument to be made about uh, that most females, almost, like, down the line, if, you're, if you've got a female character written by a man, she's, either, she's usually either a virgin or a whore. Like, mm-hmm. and here we have the perfect caricature of the virgin, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't know anything. She needs to be taught. She needs to be shown the world. Ooh, chocolate. I love chocolate. <laughs> Chocolate's my favorite thing. This is my new favorite food. Do you have any chocolate? <laughs> like, what a great character choice. Like, that kind of stuff is just, like, really vexing. And I'm, like, thinking if I'm a, if I'm a female in this audience, I'm pissed. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is how I'm represented? Like, there's nothing here. Um, anyway. The, but, the, like, as far as just storytelling goes, the thing that bothered me the most, not being a woman, not being, uh, I, I can't be personally offended by her character, even though it was ridiculous. The thing that bothers me the most is this thing that is done in every badly written movie where the hero, and I said the same thing about Aquaman, if you remember, mm. everything's easy. Yeah. Everything's easy. Oh, look, I have amazing powers. Oh, look, I can fight everybody. Oh, look, I can beat everybody. Oh, look, I'm amazing. I have all these incredible abilities and, like, I can't be stopped. And then she gets her, like, new body and it's just more of that. Yeah. It's just like, oh, now I'm invincible. This is great. And, like, that's the whole story is her 
discovering very quickly that she can do anything, beat anyone, and can't be killed. Yeah. So, and then the movie's over. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, okay, that yeah. was fun. Anyway. Uh, I, yeah, so my biggest issue was actually not with Alita, uh, probably because I didn't care about her at all. <laughs> there was nothing to care about. Um, my biggest issue is they – I feel like they had to – I don't know if they were going for like a 90s grunge fi- feel, but that that kind of came up multiple times and it just did not fit. Hugo – was a bad character. Was so <laughs> bad. Uh, yes, he was. It was. Yes, it was, was wild. Like not only. I like the as, actor. I like his face. I, yeah. I but like. I leaned over to my wife. And you know what she said about him? Uh, He's he looks like a Disney heartthrob. Yeah. No. Absolutely. He totally does. Which is why I, I liked him. I, I Disney I, heartthrobs, man. Sure, it's great. But it did not fit in Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> sure, it did. Sorry, it did, did you not see fit. The rest of the movie. It did not fit in Alita <laughs> Battle Angel. <laughs> Um, uh, it just, I don't know. It didn't I fit really, in a movie that you were supposed to take seriously is what you're saying. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes. And it, feel, it felt like they wanted me to take it seriously. But, like, yeah. the character was bad. I It was like his dream is to go up there. For what? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah. like, that's his dream. And then just every step of the way, the dude was predictable. And it just was, it was like... It was it was it was it was like he was made in the early '90s as like what a ba- what a bad kid is like. <laughs> this is what bad boys this do. Is, it, he wears a leather jacket. He's in and, a gang. Yeah, and he and he, <laughs> he steals, steals stuff <laughs> <laughs> for money. And it just I I, I had such a hard time. Take out all of the romance, and I'm okay with that movie. <laughs> but it was just muddled down, and it just it was like it, it was like it was trying it it carried something way too heavy as it tried to convince me that she was in love with this douchebag <laughs> and that that she gave it liter- literally gives her heart to him she, so he'll survive my favorite thing my favorite thing that, uh, that scene was so funny that scene was so funny he's like well, I what I don't remember even like he needs a million credits or he's got yeah. he needs fifty thousand like ninety thousand or whatever whatever and she's like oh that's all like um. What, what was it like uh, he's like I'll just didn't he say help me remember here he's he's going to he's thinking was it his idea he wants to like go go do uh, go be a bounty hunter or whatever for um, no what was it no I no she, it she, she, she offers offered. that's right that's right yeah, okay yeah. okay okay here okay so <laughs> let me just let's just recreate in our own words what happened in that scene okay okay <laughs> So he's like, oh, man, I, I've almost saved enough. I just need 90,000 more. By the way, love the third act, like, goal, right? Like, the third, like, the, the, the like, tacked on at the, the very end kind of, like, objective, I, dude, right? Dude, when like, that because, third act started, I literally made the action. I, like, bring my hands up, and I'm like, <laughs> how are we still going? Why? <laughs> There's nothing else yeah. to do. So, so, she, so he's like, I'll, I'll just, I, I just, I've almost saved enough. I just need ninety thousand. Like all new, very new information to us, which is wonderful. Anyway, I just need <laughs> ninety thousand credits or whatever they call money. And um, and she's like, that's all. Well, I'll just, I'll just go be a bounty hunter and get that for you like immediately. And he's like, no, I can't make you do that. <laughs> No, that's obviously it's so hard so, for her. That, yeah, that's I can't I can't make you go do the thing where you have to blah and, and okay and I'm like well hey, just what just stop for a second <laughs> let's just unpack what he's refusing to quote unquote let her do okay yeah. 
So what is the thing she is offering to do? CJ, can you explain to me what she's offering to do? Just Ta like break it down for us. Take out maybe three bad guys. Like actual real like bad actual guys. Like actual real bad guys off of the streets for money. Who are actually hurting other people yes. and killing them. And he's like, no, no, I couldn't make you do that. Oh, not only that, but she... It's like it's not like you asking me to go take out bad no, guys. No, no, yeah, that's it's like you asking Clark Kent to go take out bad guys. <laughs> yes, and he's like, no, yeah, Kent, I couldn't do yeah. it. So, so in this scene, let's just let's just just for fun, just for a fun thought exercise, let's <laughs> let's replace some some people. Let's say here's here's Superman, okay, um, and Superman's standing in the room, and he's and he's with. Let's say Lois Lane. Why Let's not? be generous. Yeah. And Lois do. Lane's like, I only need ninety thousand dollars more to to get the medical treatment I so desperately need. <laughs> and Superman's like, Hey, the government's offering like a lot of money to go take out petty criminals. Um, I could do that pretty quickly, actually. And she's like, No, I can't let you do that. There's no way. That's terrible. What a terrible suggestion. That's 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 devastating. I I would I couldn't. I couldn't live with myself if you had to go take out petty criminals for my benefit. Yeah. Like, my gosh, what a wonderful scene. So then her solution is, here, take this most valuable object that I have yeah. in the entire universe that is literally the only identifying quality that I have. <laughs> this is like as good as Ariel giving up her voice so that she can yeah. like marry a dude she doesn't know. Like, yeah. amazing, you know? Anyway, it's, it's just... Oh, such tone deaf. What's funny for me is that he considered taking the heart a lot, even, oh, yeah. like a lot more. Yeah, the first one was utterly, entirely dismissed, as though yeah. it was the most absurd suggestion possible. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then and let, let's go back to the Superman Lois Lane thing. So Superman's like, okay, well, alternatively, what if I just eat a bunch of kryptonite? Like, I, can, yeah. I, I think all it'll do is make me really weak forever. Like, <laughs> Um, I don't think I'll die. I think I could survive it. Like, I think I could survive it. I'll just eat enough that I survive, but I'm weak forever. Yeah. And Lois, is, Lois Lane's like, mmm. Ah. <laughs> uh, no. I, I think we can come up with something else. <laughs> like, just, oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I... Hugo just—he <laughs> was a bad character. He was bad, and then yeah. and then he gets stabbed, which was so happy. <laughs> and then she gives his her heart to him so that he survives long enough, at least, yeah, to get a robot body. And then immediately he's like, "I'm gonna climb up this this cable." Um, and then she goes after him, and then the the whole. He gets chopped in half, and she like stabs the thing and catches him, and then these these wires start to break, and then he's I just I just don't care. I did not. I had no. I was waiting for the movie to be over. Here's my favorite thing, though. Um, we know he's not dead, which sucks so bad. <laughs> <laughs> we know he's not dead because of the what's the last shot of the movie? Is her pointing, pointing. her sword yeah. threateningly at at who? Edward Norton. Edward Norton, <laughs> who we haven't seen yeah. until the very end. And do you know why we haven't seen to the very end? Because they are convinced that the whole world is going to be breathlessly awaiting the yes. sequel. Yes. This um, movie was written for a sequel, which actually, to the studio's credit, 
is not done nearly as often. Studios you don't, don't usually drop $200 million on a movie expecting, fully expecting, fully expecting, that the entire world is going to be just clamoring for the next installment. Yeah, because this was like 5% of the larger story was told muddled with 95% of a terrible romance. And yep. so it was like, we we still need... The rest of the all story. All of Lolita's story. <laughs> yes. Like, all of it. Like, the like, whole thing. Who was, what was the war? What's Nova? What, it, it's, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. There's literally almost... You know and almost she, nothing. Yeah, and Alita was supposed to kill Nova 300 years ago. Yeah. So is Nova immortal? Who yeah, is he? Apparently. Is he, he, yeah. is he a cyborg? Oh, so yes. they, Only questions. Only, only questions. questions. And I, I personally would have loved... Uh, if they if they move on and we get a sequel, which uh, we could, it's I don't possible. Know. We could. Um, it's not making likely. a ton of movie, a ton of money. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. Uh, I would have liked Mahershala and Edward Norton's character to be swapped. Sure. I want Mahershala Ali to be the bigger bad guy. Oh sure, he's much and, more. He's a much more interesting. Yeah. Actor at this point, I feel like Edward Norton is great, but like, yeah, I don't know. It would have been. Well, he would have, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Here, here's my request. I would like James Cameron to stop writing movies. I really, res- this is, okay, James Cameron, if you're listening to this podcast. Obviously which he is. I feel like is very likely. <laughs> um, I just want to, I just want, just come in be close for a second here, buddy. <laughs> um, I, I love you, man. I really do. Uh, you're a crazy, wacky dude, and you, uh, you offend a lot of people, and I get that. And I'm not one of those people. You haven't offended me. I get that, like, nobody understands, you know, these giant ambitious projects. And that, you know, you've been right so many times about what people want. And that's really cool. Um, some of my favorite movies ever. Uh, the Abyss was, like, my first favorite movie when I was a kid. I'm serious. It really was. I told everybody. Um, Terminator 2, still one of my favorite movies ever. The Terminator, a damn fine movie. Like, you did a great job. Um <laughs> Honestly, I'm I'm really impressed with a lot of of your work. I think that you can handle big action set pieces better than I think any other director alive. And I respect you so much for that. I can't even tell you. You got to stop writing, man. <laughs> you just got to quit. Like just just don't write anymore. I mean, I know you like to. I mean, you can. Let me let me take that back. Everybody should be able to write whatever you want. You you write whatever you want. Um, but like don't make any more movies that you wrote. Just just stop making movies based on your scripts just just stop it um you know your 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 awesome stories maybe you know submit them to magazines uh you know keep them on a shelf um but like we just you you you're so much better with better writers you really are and i i say that with love and i want to encourage you to keep making movies but like make Movies that other people, people you respect. I mean, I'm sure there's writers that you respect, right? <laughs> I'm sure there's scripts that you've seen that you've been like, oh, this is this is really cool. I mean, and you you know you can bring your special James Cameron sauce to that to that to those amazing scripts. And like, I would love more wonderful James Cameron movies. I mean, you're young, like you've got some more movies in you. But like, I I'm not gonna go see any more of your movies that you wrote, man. I'm not gonna do it. We're done. <laughs> All right. You got really into that. Well. I, I, I look forward it. to the day that James Cameron responds to that little that little clip right there. When he knocks on my door. Yeah. <laughs> personally comes to talk to me about It's just my like, opinions. are you Jordan? <laughs> what the hell, man? <laughs> uh, I, I I mean every word. Every word. 
Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The movies, the the movies that he started writing, uh, it was it was I think I think it started with Titanic, um, where he didn't, there weren't really other writers on Titanic. It was mainly like him. Yeah. And um, yeah, and like from that point forward, he's like, <laughs> "What do I need to work with other other writers for? Yeah. I got this." <laughs> And like and and you know the box office has done nothing to dissuade him. Yeah. But the truth is that Titanic and um, Avatar and Alita would have all been much much better and cooler movies if other people had been. Here's the thing too, James Cameron. I would say the exact same thing to George Lucas. I would mm, say I have yeah, said yeah. the exact same thing to George Lucas. You said you said action pieces, and this is the, the he's potentially the best. Yeah. Uh, Ridley Scott. Where do you put him? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like Ridley Scott is more of a, uh, he just does a lot of different stuff. Um, he's very, very good at like big things. I I don't know. I don't know of another, I, I can't think of another director that does, that does like this just sort of big, huge, like profound action sequences the way mm. James Cameron does. Yeah. And sense. I recognize he didn't direct Alita. And so we have to ma- mainly credit Robert Rodriguez for the execution of those sequences. But the, Frankly, if you go back and watch Avatar, the only things worth seeing in that movie are the action sequences. Yeah. And they're cool. They are cool. They're very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. and Terminator 2 is still the best action movie of all time. Mm. Full yeah. stop. Full stop. So, I will full um, stop as many times as I need to in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So in, uh, in summary, for in those – I feel like for those people that loved watching Dragon, Dragon Ball Z as a kid, you'll probably really enjoy Alita. Because the action is like re- for, it's reminiscent of like that that just kind of quick, visually beautiful kind of uh, kind of action sequences. So yeah. uh, I recommended it to my brothers for sure. I was like, "Hey, just ignore the romance, but like the action is amazing." Uh, and yeah, I I had a lot of fun, and this movie was exactly what I thought it was going to be. That's true. Which is kind of a bummer, but <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with all, with all of that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. All right. So um, I, uh, I – one last thought. I think it is cool. It is cool that, like, movies like this, even though it's a huge waste, <laughs> it's a huge missed opportunity, it is cool that movies like this can be made. Yeah. That, like, there are, there are sufficiently sort of bankable – directors and, and and writers out there that can like get a movie like this made even though it you know it's kind of a it's sort of a it's folly yeah. from every you know uh i love it when big um absurd movies get made that like had no justification pragmatically mm-hmm. they, ju- they just get made anyway mm-hmm. i think that's pretty great yeah so anyway cool uh i think that's uh it's a long episode so we'll wrap it, it up um for some business, uh, leave a review. Please leave, um, leave a review. But, please. But before we get into that business, we need to mention the Oscars. Oh, Oscars! Yes, the competition. Uh, or yes, the... I know. I know. It sounds like we're done. And if you're like me, most of the time I go on to the next episode. But like, keep listening. The Oscar contest. 
the Oscars are soon yeah. this Sunday. As of this recording, they'll they, be a couple days yeah, a couple away. Days away. Yeah, yeah. So uh, go to realcontender.com. You will see 2019 Oscar contest tab at the top, uh, or it's pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Uh, just go on there. You fill out your ballot. There are 24 questions or 24 categories. Um, I know very little, and I'm really into it. So <laughs> if you have to guess. That's okay. Most people do. Uh, but fill out the ballot. You just put your name and email in, and then we watch the Oscars. There's a point system. Uh, if you win, you get not only like a prize box with a bunch of uh, movie stuff in it with posters, t- T-shirts, and things like that, but the uh, the main prize is so incredible that I can't tell you what it is. So if you are in the Los Angeles area or you want to come to the Los Angeles area, then you will be privy to this amazing prize that uh, people are fighting for. <laughs> so sure, I have, I have I, just, just on my way over here in the streets, uh, I saw two people. They're like, just, this is mine. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, what are you guys fighting about? And they were like, the Nerd Critic Oscar Contest. Price. Obviously. I was like, I yeah. get it. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> uh, I have personally executed several people yeah. to prevent them from even entering yeah. because I was afraid that they might beat me. Well, uh, well, we'll see if you <laughs> if it's all worth it for you, Jordan. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, make sure to to take a to to take a shot at it. Yeah, absolutely do that. What are we talking about next week? Uh, next week we are talking about the Oscars. Yes, we are. Um, and uh, and then uh, we, we will have, also be doing How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, we have How to Train Your Dragon three coming out, which is so exciting for me, uh, and I hope it's better than Lego Movie two. And we'll talk about that uh, next week as well. <laughs> oh, just a little dig there. <laughs> Thanks. Um, just for you. If there are specific things that you'd like us to hear, like to hear us talk about, uh, if you have questions, uh, movies you want us to cover, whatever, uh, let us know. You can email cj at cj at realcontender.com or uh, you can join us uh, on Real Contender on Facebook or the Nerd Critic group on Facebook. Yes. Um, and uh, but most of all, always, always leave a review. Leave a review. Leave and if, a review. And if you do leave a review, then we will read it on air, like I'm about to right now. Boom. Uh, from Zachary Davis, uh, he says, "If you like movies, okay." So, so the the caption, the 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 main, the bold, subject. the bold, the subject. Thank you. <laughs> the subject is perfect blend of nerd and critic, which is great because that's what we're going for. Yes. Uh, if, Score. Yes. If you like movies, this show will make you like them even more. Imagine a fabulous dinner com. Yeah, dinner conversation with two of your smartest and funniest friends, but where the only subject is good films. This is amazing. Uh, it goes on. <laughs> it does a wonderful job of thoughtfully combining celebration and critique. Take a break from the news cycle and listen to something that will just leave you feeling happy. Oh. That's a that was that's an amazing review. I will take that mandate. That made coming to to record this while I'm sick all worth it. Oh, that's just <laughs> lovely. Um, I have to say, shout out to Mr. Zach Davis. I know Zach. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, I did not tell him to write that review. He did it unbidden. Have I met Zach? I'm not sure. Oh. I'm well, not sure. I will have to meet him and thank him for that. He lives in Boston. 
I um, probably won't meet him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he's a great, great guy. And uh, I found out that he was listening to this podcast when he left a review. So I'm, I'm really delighted and, and touched. Thank you, Zach, if you're listening to this episode. Yes, thank you, sir. I love you, man. As they say. As they say. Um, also, yes. thank you, Michael Baumiller, for the <laughs> wonderful music. Also, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't yet. Get updates. Uh, we, we might be actually, this is just a teaser, we might be posting new episodes more often. Stepping up our game a little bit. Not going to say anything else. But that's, leave, it, leave it at that. That may be coming down the line. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, remember, everybody, to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut. 